Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. Today, Pastor Brett makes a return. It's been a while, huh? Yeah, it has. I've missed everybody. I'm trying to remember when the last one you were on was, but it's been a while. Um, Last week, we had Mike Baker and Garrett Warden here, and we talked about the four Gospels. Why are there four of them? What are the differences? What are the similarities? And we talked about a few different verses that we wanted to put into context. So we are going to go over the next few weeks with Pastor Brett, uh, Pastor John, Garrett, uh, Pastor Garrett Ward and a few other people are going to talk about different verses throughout Scripture, and we're going to put them into context. So today, because we're in a relationship series at church, uh, we are going to do Matthew 18. And I brought Pastor Brett in because uh, I heard him talking about this a little bit the other day, and I said that'd be great to talk about on the podcast. So I invited him on to do that. So, uh, Brett, thanks for coming in. And we are going to talk about Matthew 18, 15 through 20. You want me to read it off? Yeah, let's uh, let's let everybody hear it. You can turn your Bible there if you want to Matthew 18, beginning in verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two or if two of you agree on earth about having... Uh, man, I lost my spot here. Sorry. Verse 19. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Wow. So there's a lot of questions here. Yes. Like verse 20, you hear this quite a bit. Uh, wherever or where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And uh, people will claim that as a promise uh that the Lord is present when we pray. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say, yeah, that's true. The Lord is present. Uh, but what if it's just you? Uh, would you say you have to get one other person or three people to have the Lord's presence and he's not present with you? Well, the answer to that would be no, he's present with you. So what does this verse mean? If we take it in context, uh, the whole context is reconciling the two people who have one's been hurt and trying to reconcile them together. And so if we take it in that context, the Lord is just saying that I'm there in the midst of all that. Where two or three are gathered to work it out, if you want to put it that way, the Lord is promising his presence in that process, which is a really great promise. And then some people quote this one too uh, in verse 19. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And then the one before is whatever is bound on earth shall be bound in heaven, etc. And I've heard pastors say, let's get agreement. Can we get agreement? You know, and they just sort of say it in a general way to the church. Uh, like if we can agree on something, then we get it. You know, if, if two of you agree on anything, it'll be done for my father, which is in heaven. So again, uh, obviously that's not true because we might agree on something that is not good. There's not right for us. Uh, but in the context uh, it seems that the assurance to the disciples uh, that are hearing this, the assurance is that not only is the Lord with us, but whatever the decision is and the process, however it concludes, there is 
uh, unity with heaven about that. It's uh, granted, it's a little, it's a difficult passage to interpret what it means, but I think we have to look at it in its immediate context and say that to bind something on earth means to come to a decision on a difficult uh, relational problem, come to a decision, and the Lord is assuring us that he's behind it, mm -hmm. he's there, he's behind it. That's about as far as we can go. We certainly wouldn't say, just because we agree, we get it. Right. Um, so, as you can see, uh, you want to, when you, when you have a passage, any passage should be interpreted in its context. That's going to keep you on track and not, uh, it'll keep you from some conclusions to verses that aren't really actually legitimate or true. Yeah. We, now, at the beginning of this passage, when it's talking about the conflict, it's interesting now in the in the context of it, like I, I've always looked at this, uh, and I've heard, I've heard both of the different things you were talking about there, like people just going, let's just agree. Come on, just agree, and and we can have this if someone's you know praying for healing or something like that. If we, if we agree, it's going to happen, and it's like, well, um, that's not necessarily the case. But we look back, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. Why is Jesus taking the time to tell us how to effectively deal with sin and conflict? Okay, that's that's a very good question. Uh, later on, I'm not sure if it's in this gospel. Maybe it's in one of the other gospels. There's the the comment. The comment. Uh, well, verse 21, Peter came and said, "Well, Lord, how often does my brother sin against me, and I forgive him as many as seven times?" Um, Jesus said, "No, I say to you, not seven, but seventy-seven times." Or some translations have it seventy times seven. Uh, they must have. They were in some kind of discussion here. I, I imagine in the context of working it out with people, forgiving people. I think one of the other gospels maybe puts a parable in the context, uh, which has to do with forgiveness. And uh, so, Jesus giving very practical steps here when uh, somebody has hurt you. Uh, so they may not even know they hurt you. That's that's right. the thing. But you you've been hurt by them. And a lot of times when you've been hurt, you just forgive it and let it go, right? I mean, we gotta we gotta just l like water off a duck's back, you know. What's the danger in that? You know, it, well, sometimes what you find is that somebody's hurt you and you can't shake it. You didn't really let it go. You didn't let yeah. it go, and you can't let it go. Uh, maybe it was a betrayal of a promise, or maybe it was an embarrassment um, that the other person caused you. Uh, they joked about you. I mean, it really, it really hurt. Yeah. It's like you question the whole relationship now. So if it's not something you can just let go, and there are a lot of things we just need to let go. But if you can't, then you should go privately with that person and tell them what happened. Yeah. And hopefully they just say, man, I am so sorry. And I had no idea. And our relationship's been affected by this, and I just want you to know, please forgive me, and can we just go on, brother, sister, move on? And that's what uh, hopefully the first step does. You go privately. A lot of people will, um, if they're hurt, rather than going to the person that hurt them, they'll go to another person and talk to the other person, some other person. Is there ever a situation where going to someone else to ask for advice on how to approach it, is that's appropriate? Yeah, yeah, for and sure. And who would be the person you could do that with? Yeah, for sure. It'd have to be somebody, boy, you really just trust is mature, you know? So it doesn't turn into a gossipy yeah. kind of thing. You know, if A has a problem with B, then ideally, 
A uh, goes to B. A should go to B, not go to C. Because when you go to C, sometimes C goes to D. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it just goes on and on. <laughs> it just... Uh, but there are there are times when you're like, I want to approach this person, and I, I just need your prayer support. I need your help. I need your encouragement or whatever. Um, but be really careful with that, selective as to who you talk to. If they don't respond to you, maybe they say, oh, you you just misunderstood me, and, and you're way too sensitive, and uh, I didn't mean anything by it. Uh, why, do you, why are you always so... You get hurt so easy. All right, so you walk away from that one-on-one, and you don't feel like they acknowledged that they hurt you at all. It's like they really missed it. So then Jesus and his steps says, well, take another with you. Uh, you you got to, and that that person that you take with you needs to be really a trusted person also. Hopefully somebody that knows you both. Mm -hmm. And then you, you go, and the idea there is to sort of say, no, this really did happen, and you really need to own what happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and then the hopes there is that the person says, you know what, I'm so, I'm sorry. And I see it now, or, you know, it's serious enough. I shouldn't have taken it. So cavalier, um, I apologize, whatever. And, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work, <laughs> then you go to, the, yeah, this is in, always interesting. Cause you mentioned this the other day too. take it to tell it to the church. So yeah. what does that mean? We're not going to go, we're not, you're not going to go in front of the whole church and be like, look, we've got this conflict between these two people. Here's what's happening. You're not going to share it to the entire congregation. So yeah. what does that mean? I mean, I had that. I, and when I was in Dallas at church there, the church went through the steps with a man who was separated from his wife and wouldn't reconcile. And, uh, the pastor got up on one Sunday morning and told the whole congregation of 400 plus people, uh, what because of this passage. Doing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, uh, is that what Jesus is saying here? And I would say um, my own conviction is no, because number one, probably 350 of the 400 or more don't even know this guy. They don't know this woman. And um, it would be, I think it would be just a greater group of people that really know the people. I mean, like you, you think of interventions when somebody's drinking and they do an intervention. It's family members. It's people close to them and close to the it's person. It's not strangers. No, it's not strangers. Yeah. Uh, so I would take it that way. And, again, if it gets to this point, oh, my goodness, um, you know, you, you hopefully have some mature people in the room who really are broken over this, uh, you know, irre- irreconcilable situation. They're broken. They're willing to pray and really – really come alongside in a humble way to try to make it work. And then finally, treat him as a Gentile and a tax collector. I would take just, it means treat him as somebody who doesn't really know the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, which means, you know, pray for them, try to win them to Christ. It, it doesn't mean treat him like a tax collector or, a, you know, or somebody like that or a Gentile, uh, It like in a bad sense. It's more like just treat it. You got to treat him like somebody who doesn't really know the Lord. They're, they, don't, they don't get it. Yeah, they don't get how important it is for forgiveness and reconciliation and unity and and peace. They really don't get it. So you're just gonna have to treat him as somebody who doesn't get it. They're right. not a Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was looking back and um, what, it's a couple of questions that I had here. So is like, I is is it our failure? Um, so is our our failure to go and tell the to others how they've sinned against us? Is that a failure against us if we don't go to them? So, like, for example, we said, like, you maybe didn't really let it go. So I had a situation where I went to somebody and I said, look, I need to apologize to you 
because something that you did had hurt me a long time ago, and I never told you about it. And then since then, I've had moments of resentment towards you, so I apologize to them because I realized, like, I never let that go, and that's they they never knew that I was offended, yeah, or that I was bothered, yeah. and so I let this stack up, and then every now and then I'm feeling this kind of resentment towards this person, and I go and and I say, look, I'm sorry that I that I did not come and talk to you. Yeah, uh, I think that that uh, certainly has its place. You would almost want to be able to, um, if you can't get over it. I think this passage would say, go to them and tell them their fault. Tell them what they did. Yeah. Say, you say, please forgive me. I'm like a year late on this. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I got to tell you what happened. And I, I want to reconcile with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've already let it go and you've already forgiven them and you've moved on, then you probably don't need to meet with them. Why, why do that? Why bring it up? Why bring it up? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's on the person who's been hurt to go to the one who hurt them. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a great book. You, so those are, who are listening, a really good book called Peacemaker by Kevin, uh, Ken, excuse me, Ken Sand, S-A-N-D-E, Ken Sand, a peacemaker. It's an excellent book. And he goes through all this, how to reconcile. Right. And what do you do? It's a rich, uh, rich study on this whole process because people need this. They need to know, you know, how to work things out. Most of the, in our culture, people, when they, they're hurt, they just sort of they just stop calling them to get together or they just drop it. Um, and we don't want that in the church. We want that process of humility and unity. You know? It doesn't always mean it's going to be easy. No. These no. conversations aren't easy. They're they're difficult sometimes, especially if it's somebody that you really you really care about. You really um, feel like. I mean, there's been times where I've hurt somebody and I had no clue because I can have kind of a rough tone. And if I sometimes react to somebody in some way to me, um, and this happens obviously when you're Caitlin and I were talking about this the other day, where uh, something I had said uh, a while back, she brought it up, and I was like, "Oh, that's not what I meant." at all when I said that. And then I'm like, I'm sorry that that's what was communicated. I didn't mean that. And then we explain, you know, we work through it and everything, but it's interesting how, uh, sometimes it's like, I feel I have to go, uh, somebody comes to me and says like, look, what you said here really hurt me. And it's like, it's hard to, first of all, to humble yourself and be like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I was wrong to, to do that. Or I'm really sorry. I offended you. Yes. Cause sometimes you want to just be like, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. You misunderstood. Like you kind of mentioned. Oh earlier. yeah. No, I mean, in my relationship to Eve, I'm just thinking about it right now. I mean, most of the time I'm defensive. Yeah. I confess I get defensive. I didn't mean that. Or why do you always respond that Don't way? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Yeah. I'm, I'm defensive. So, uh, and <laughs> thank Thank you, God. I have such a, a gracious Christ-like wife because she puts up with me. Um, but, yeah, when somebody comes to you and says, hey, you hurt me, the last thing you want to do is go into defensive posture. Right. But that's what most people do. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do that. Well, hey, thanks for coming in talking about this passage. Um, if you've got more questions about it, you can always email uh, email me at podcast at springhills.org. Um, I like to have those questions brought up, and uh, we, we bring in lots of pastors in here, so we talk about it all the time. So uh, next week, uh, John Knapp's going to come in and talk about the passage. Uh, I think he's doing uh, I Can Do All Things Through Christ, who gives me strength. So he's going to talk about that, put it into context, how people might use it out of context and stuff. So 
Um, and then also we've got the series going on right now. Relationships matter. We're on what are we week seven? Week six coming up. Are we? Week six or seven? Somewhere yeah, there's in there. three more weeks. Yeah, so we've uh, that's been awesome. We've had a lot of really good. A lot of this stuff comes up in there with just yeah. dealing with conflict and because um, your relationships do matter. So uh, those are all on the podcast feed now. All the messages, so you can check those out on the podcast feed and then uh, listen along with some of these. So. Uh, all right, Brett, thanks for coming in. I'll bring you in again soon. I won't wait six months next time. <laughs>